Good morning, Four Oaks Church. It's Thursday, 8 o'clock sharp, um, October 26th. I have been alerted that we had some technical difficulties. I've actually had technical difficulties a couple times this week, um, but yesterday uh, was notified that you got all audio and no video, which might explain why it was one of the most popular broadcasts we've ever done. You guys were like, more of that. We'll... We'll listen, and the less we have to see of you, the better. So, but nonetheless, we're going back to um, old school, regular way this morning. Hey, thanks for joining us. We are in Matthew chapter 12. Our practice here is to track with the sermon that we're going to be preaching that upcoming Sunday. And of course, we're dealing with one of the most controversial, disconcerting texts in all of um, the New Testament the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, or, or what some have called the unforgivable sin. Um, all sorts of sins God forgives. Um, we worship a forgiving God, but Jesus takes care to mention one particular sin that falls outside of that scope. And I won't rehearse the previous three days because it um, it's been a bit nuanced and in-depth. What I want to do, though, is is pick back up um, in Matthew 12, verses 22 through 32. I want to read it. Then I want to hone in on the last two verses and begin to round this discussion out a bit. All right, verse 22. Then a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to him, and he healed him, so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man cast out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges." But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. For how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore, I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people, but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven." And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. So, before we talk about the unforgivable sin, of course, Jesus reminds us that there are a whole host of sins that God does forgive us of. In fact, every single one we could ever imagine. Um, he, he refers to them as every sin and blasphemy, even blasphemy against the Son of Man, but against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. So what are we to say about this? Um, I, I think there, there, there's, there's several things, um, and again, I'm assuming you've listened to the backdrop of the past three days so that you have a running start here. But Jesus here is speaking to the Pharisees who have witnessed over and over and over again the work of Jesus and the power of Jesus, his healings, his miracles, his teachings. 
And these have been so self-evident, so powerful that people are amazed. People are, are rightly asking, is this, could this be the son of, son of David? And in fact, there's such a strong supernatural element to these things Jesus is doing that it can't be denied that the Pharisees are painted into a corner. Knowing that it's that's only by the by some other otherworldly power that these things are done, they are really left with two options. One is to simply admit, "Hey, um, you're right. You are from God. The, you 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 speak on behalf of God." And for them to do that would have required humility, would have required confession and repentance. It would have meant coming low. It would have meant putting their own necks and reputations and positions and affluence on the line. But for them, that was not an option. For them, that left only one alternative, and that was to attribute the works of God, of the Holy Spirit, to um, Satan himself. And hence, we have said, and alluded to this already, that this unforgivable sin seems to relate to this idea of attributing to the things, uh, attributing the things of God to the things of Satan, um, that that the blasphemy here is not acknowledging the clear revelation of the fact that all of these things are pointing to Jesus or affirming who He is, but a steadfast refusal to believe. Um, even when the evidence is overwhelming, even when it is clear, and I, I would add this, even when I think they know in their heart of hearts that, that this man is from God, okay? And this entrenching, this refusal, this hardness of heart, this stealing oneself, even when there is known to be a truth of God right in front of them, but willingly, deliberately uh, refusing to acknowledge this despite the clear evidence, I believe is what Jesus is referring to here as the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Um, now, wh why does Jesus say here that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit um, is unforgivable, but blasphemy against the Son of Man or Jesus himself is forgivable? Well, let's remember why the Holy Spirit was a part of Jesus's ministry, and that's not even the right way to say it, why he empowered him, why he anointed him. The, the Spirit's job, the Holy Spirit's job, is to illuminate Jesus, is to glorify him, is to magnify him. And during Jesus's earthly ministry, many people were genuinely confused about who he was. What, what does he say to um, on the cross as the Roman guard cohort crucifies him lord forgive them for they do not know what they do um what does peter say in acts 2 when he's preaching to the crowds there he says um what you did um previously in crucifying the son of god you did in ignorance okay but here i am in the power of the spirit telling you today that this in fact jesus is the son of god the son of david and so people did blasphemy Jesus. They, they, I mean, even his own family did, right? Remember his, his brothers and sisters lurking outside the courtyard, uh, embarrassed by him, would not acknowledge him. They, they, they blasphemed. And we see this 
Paul blasphemed. There was many, 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 many times people have blasphemed Jesus, all forgivable, right? The one time that things aren't forgivable is when Jesus reveals, the Spirit reveals beyond all doubt who Jesus is. You know who Jesus is, but yet you attribute that supernatural work to someone else, particularly Satan, okay, because that's your only other option. And there is an ongoing doggedness, willingness to repent, okay? So this obviously raises a couple of questions, and, and we'll, 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 we'll start today and get, get to the end of this tomorrow, okay? Can a Christian commit the unforgivable sin? And the answer is absolutely not. Um, you cannot be partially justified. When you are justified, you've been quickened. That's the golden chain of salvation. Those he called, he, he has justified, he will sanctify, he will glorify. You see, it's only by the Spirit's help that you can cry out, Jesus. Okay, Paul tells us that. And so as believers, when we are indwelt with the Holy Spirit, okay, um, that testifies that to, in our spirit that Jesus is the Christ. And so, again, using Jesus' own logic, the, test, the Spirit can't testify against himself. And so one who's been truly converted, truly regenerated, um, who contains, who, who's, who was indwelt by the Holy Spirit, that person cannot commit the unforgivable sin, okay? Um, the fact that you might be worried that you've committed the unforgivable sin means you probably haven't, right? So... The Pharisees not only refused to repent, they didn't want to repent. And so sometimes we, we um, Christians become, can become very uh, introspective, inwardly vexed, anxious. Have they committed the unforgivable sin? Oh my goodness, I don't want to commit the unforgivable sin, but maybe I have. And this passage is not directed at the Christian this person, this, this passage is not directed at those who are trusting and putting their faith in Jesus Christ, regardless of what other, other sins they may commit, um, other ways they may blasphemy, other ways they may profane the name of God. That's not where this passage is aimed. This passage is aimed at a group of people who, through the Spirit, had, had it clearly revealed to them who Jesus was, but despite that, did not repent, did not change, did not want to change, weren't willing to change, refused to change, okay? And, um, and so there is a specific species of unbelief that I think Jesus is pointing to here, and, um, and, and it's a kind of unbelief that, um, in essence, um, is a defiant fist to God that despite the fact that I know who Jesus is, I am not willing, I am able um, to entrust my life to him. Um, I have other explanations for what God is, for, for what is happening in other people's lives. This is a, this is a blasphemy against the Spirit. Now, let me say, I get that, Pastor Paul. It's not directed to Christians. This is this is this is a warning to the Pharisees. Um, it's very specific in its context. But we do have to ask, 
does this idea of the unforgivable sin have any relevance to us? And I'm going to say it absolutely does, particularly for those who find themselves a part of a religious context, because the unforgivable sin, okay, the blasphemy against the Spirit, um, is a specific species of sin that only the religious commit, okay? And so that's where we're going to turn tomorrow. But today, church, be comforted, be assured that any, any sort of struggle or, or anxiety or fear you might feel in the light of this passage is um, itself an indication that the Spirit of God is within you and working in you and drawing you and comforting you and convicting you. It is to the person who is unmoved okay, by the presentation of Christ that this is going to be relevant for and that's what we're going to pick up tomorrow. Heavenly Father, thank you that neither height nor depth or anything can separate us from your love. Thank you that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that being dead in our trespasses and sins, you died on the cross for us. And so, Lord, we want to take comfort in that, um, and we want to rightly understand your word, and so, Lord, give us ongoing grace and peace as we um, close out this study tomorrow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.